What's up, goons? We are back for another episode of Notes of a Goon. I'm your host, Chris from Brooklyn, joined, as always, by my stalwart producer, Michael Harrington. How are you, Mike? Stalwart as ever, Chris. Now, Mike, we usually we do old business at the top of the show. Now, what is the old business that you have to talk about this week? Did, did you not have it, something? What? Did, I thought you had a thing. Uh, is it the thing we were just talking about? No, that's that's that'll be okay. new business. Okay. That just happened. Well, we okay. I what was the thing? I don't remember. I don't remember either. All right. It's old business. I don't I I I was I'm fired up about one thing this week, Chris. One thing and one thing only. I'm fired one thing and one thing only. All right. Well, actually no, you know what? We'll do this as part of old business cuz we follow women's sports on this. We were just talking to uh, uh Tiana outside. So let's talk about the women's soccer team losing. <laughs> These I, I don't know anything about women's soccer. Now, we follow the WNBA around here because we're we're progressive feminists, and some of them got fat butts. Um, Patriots. Uh, 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 the women's uh, USA soccer team lost by, what, what a penalty kick? Uh, yeah, it was a penalty shootout. Uh, they were very far ahead, and Megan Rapinoe only had to, to land her penalty, and they would have won. Instead, she missed, extended the shootout, and they eventually lost. Now, can you play the video that you sent me of her? saying what her favorite memory of USA soccer is. Because <laughs> I figure we may as well talk about this. Because like I said, we have actually been a champion of uh, uh, women dart players on this show. Oh, yeah. Women's uh, basketball, for certain. Certainly women's MMA. That fucking thing where women slap each other in the ass instead of the face as a sport. Uh, we've been a champion of all of that on this show. It's growing in popularity. Yeah, I think women race car drivers are going to be fine. Yeah, right. Danica people, Patrick. People tune in for the crashes anyway. <laughs> like that's what people are watching for. Oh, you want this Megan Rapinoe video? Sure. Is there a memory that stands out to you right now in this moment? Oh, um. This is after she lost. After I she mean, missed the game-winning kick. Probably equal pay chance um, after the final, um, and I think. You know, they were saying equal pay, but could have been saying a lot of things. I think this team has always fought for so much more, and uh, that's been the most rewarding part for me. Of course, playing in World Cups and winning championships and doing all that, but, um, you know, to know that we've used our really special talent to do something, you know, that's really, like, changed the world forever, I think that means the most to me and, you know, the players in this all right, pause room this. here. No. Their equal pay lawsuit was thrown out by a judge. Because it turns out uh, 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 that if you adjust for the amount of money brought in by their team, at least when the lawsuit, it maybe it, it, it did change afterwards when they won. You know, they were, they were the best women's soccer team in the world several years in a row, right? Yeah. But when they initially brought this, when they, they were two years in a row, they were the best women, and they were significantly better than the men, and the men were being paid more. And now I was reading recently about how their lawsuit got thrown out because when you adjusted for the amount of revenue brought in, they were actually making more than the men percentage-wise, uh, uh, at least when that lawsuit was brought. And then you pointed something out to me that over time, um, they, they were offered a deal, a revenue deal, where they would have gotten a split, correct? Yes. Okay. And they turned it down, all for guaranteed money. Mm -hmm. Now, we say this all the time on this show because yeah, we, I, we I, can, 
Okay, okay. I have the quote. Oh, let's let's hear the quote. Uh, the women's national team rejected an offer to be paid under the same pay-to-play structure as the men's national team, and the women's national team was willing to forego higher bonuses for other benefits, such as greater base compensation and the guarantee of higher number of contracted players. There you go. So, okay. They didn't want to bet on themselves. Well, so here's the thing. We talk about this pretty often because it is a pretty obvious statement that um, men uh, live on the fringes comparatively to women. Like, more men are are, are homeless crackheads than there are, like, percentage-wise. And more men are billionaires. Whereas women kind of, like, value safety significantly more than men. Because male life... Like, I think just evolutionarily, male life has always been considered more expendable than female life. Now, a lot of people will... I've gotten into arguments with women about this, where they say that uh, there's a patriarchy in place and this and that. And I go, well, yeah, but male men, male life is significantly more expendable than female life, as uh, um, expressed by the term women and children first. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, the military. Uh, uh forever until 30 years ago like just <laughs> in the history of mankind now i was actually also reading <clears throat> something that came up it came up in the high society radio discord and it came up again and i was reading about it uh on on something one of these subreddits that i'm on where uh, uh the new york times a few years ago had put out an article that said women were also hunters in prehistoric times and then somebody just posted a paper uh, done by mostly women that was just like yeah like there's any number of things wrong with this. First of all, uh, most of the things that they're saying is big game hunting was actually small game near the farm area, like near the nesting area of these tribes. So it's like, yes, women did hunt rabbits. They they Not, they well, hunted with snares I, well, and traps. No, but they, even if they used like a fucking, you know, something fucking hops over, you fucking spear it real quick. Like it's whatever. But it's like... It, what do you think women weapons were? Like, men had clubs and bows and arrows? Mm-hmm. What do you think women like were a like? Lady, like a lady fucking... I think they just used their bras as bolos. They would just use it as like a sling. <laughs> you know, they had those coconut bras. They would just <laughs> yeah, load yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why wouldn't you just use the coconut bra itself? Well, you could use the coconut <laughs> as a beating tool. Yeah. But I think they would also load it with rocks and then use it like a slingshot. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? But it would be like almost like a buckshot. Because there'd be so many small rocks in the coconut shells. That's okay. what I think. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if women had this sort of innovations, maybe they wouldn't have to fight for equal pay on the soccer field. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so this team... So what else... How else do you feel about, like, this particular fucking team and, like, losing their cash? Like, or this woman doing this? Like, we... How do we get here? Sorry, what did you say? There was something else we were talking about before when we were talking about um, the equal pay for women with the with the U.S. soccer. Megan Rapino just being just an asshole, kinda. Like she just she knows that their their lawsuit got thrown out. They did get in uh, their lawsuit for unequal treatment. They did argue that they were pressured to signing those contracts that let them have the uh, guaranteed pay. Interesting. That's I think they did win that. It was like something about contract negotiations that they got. And it's so they might have okay. So that actually would be so fuck all right. Process this. Imagine uh that they go to court, right? Spend all these years in 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 litigation hell, right? Cuz this got thrown out in 2020. So 
sometime over the next three years, mm -hmm. the judge is like, yeah, you were pressured into signing that. You're now under the pay-to-play structure like you asked. And now they suck. And Imagine they don't make happens. it out of the elimination round, and they make even less money than if they had taken the guarantee. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would make me mm, so happy. Well, it's also because I just didn't like. For I didn't I didn't like having to have this argument with lots of women and then also soft men over the last five years about USA women's soccer. I go, are we? Are we? I literally just went. Are we going to sit here and pretend that women's soccer? makes more money than men's soccer. Like, are we, like, no, they're getting higher ratings, like, in the U.S. or globally. Because the league, the soccer men's league, probably gets sold. Like, those games get sold in how many markets? There's probably any number of dozens of markets where, A, there are no women's sports on TV, even if they allow women to go to school. And then there's also your Afghanistans and all your Arabian world, where they have TV and they probably play soccer on TV. But they certainly don't play women's soccer on TV. Yeah, but you're you're doing like you gotta you gotta uh, process it like this, right? Like the men's, it's the World Cup. It's not the individual team. So mm -hmm. you're you're saying your value to the network that is gonna end up paying the rights for this World oh, Cup, okay? And what the United States share of it would be based on how far they get in the tournament. Sure, you know what I mean. I see. So, um, like, I, I feel like the that's why the men got so much, because just that many people are watching the Men's World Cup, even if they stink. Yeah, they're just watching the Men's World Cup, and the games that are being aired are the USA games. Right, no, I mean, the... Well, every, all the games are aired. All the games are aired. All the games are aired for the Women's World Cup. Nobody cares except the American ones. So the kind of ratings you can do, so that, like, the... Essentially, the United States... By the way, I'm just going to point out when the Men's World Cup is on, is the only time you, you will see Mexicans at an English pub in New York City. <laughs> like, so, so just pointing that out. The Men's World Cup brings the races together. You see Asians in there. You see all sorts of Europeans, Spanishes. It's crazy. Africans, they're all fucking singing. It's crazy. <laughs> I just remember going to the World Series of uh, the World Cup of Cricket. At an English pub in the city, and it was just that. It was the United Nations of white people. But also probably some Indians. Couple. Bengalis. Couple. Dude, I never seen a white person play cricket in my life. I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I know it happens, right? Uh, when you're out and about in Brooklyn, you there's just a cricket ball sometimes flying over your fucking head in certain parts of fucking Brooklyn. Like, just, whoop. all right, that's what we're doing. What does Team USA cricket look like? Pull it up. Let's find out. <laughs> it's got to be a melting pot of white folks. Uh, I think you'd be surprised. Really? Got to be. Probably. Seems like it's a ton of women. <laughs> oh, do we not have a men's team? We have one. We have a one-man men's. Okay. No, no. I think it's like ranking. Oh no, it might be alphabetical. Oh, okay. Just go to know. men's. A lot of these guys don't have pictures. Wow. A lot of Indian gentlemen, though. Yeah. What are the names? of? Oh, yeah. Even the ones that do not have pictures up. Jesse Singh. I saw Patel. Uh, Timbawala. Yeah, these are Africans and Indians. Also, Nicholas Stanford. Oh, and yes. Steven Taylor. Oh, yes. Okay. Those two, the two white guys, the uh, Christian Leitners of, <laughs> of 
men's USA cricket. Alex Amsterdam. Let's pull up the women's. You either have the most British name or the most. Uh, that Alex Amsterdam could easily be a suave black guy. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching the adventures of yeah, dude. I'll, Alex Amsterdam. You mean Shaft's partner? Yeah, exactly. Oh, there are. Oh, there's one white lady that looks exactly like that climate change broad. What's her name? Greta Thunberg. Little Greta Energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tara Norris, Chuck Norris's niece, actually. These women all look. By the way, number three, Wood. Number oh, at the yeah, yeah. Number five, maybe. D- dog. That looks like a. That looks like a 14-year-old, dude. That's not... That's... Yeah, but I assume she's 25, and that's not what she always looks like. Why do you assume that? She's a professional athlete. Yeah, but it's USA professional athletes. Like, the World Cup teams... All right, go. So... hold on, hold on. Number one... I mean, I, these are adults. You think she's an adult? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, started a love affair with it at 13 with That means dad. she's not still 13. She's not still 13. We know that. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say their ages anywhere, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it seems like that would be the main thing you put up there when we were talking <laughs> about this. Yeah. Do you think women go through um, men's teams and go, would, would? <laughs> There's no way this girl is older than 15. No way. How could she be a fucking USA athlete? They don't like you do this in high school. You have to be at least in college. I don't know. I feel like, no, here's the thing. What I was going to say is in the World Cup of of soccer. Ben, edit this out. (laughs) In the World Cup of soccer, at least, you can be like, there's there's people who are like 16, 17 playing in the World Cup. Yeah. That seems. From smaller nations when it's like, if you. All right, then there's none from the USA under 18. Come on, Mike. Yeah, but how big is the pool of cricket players in the United States? It's kind of my point. I mean. Look, bro, motherfuckers need scholarships. Yeah, that's why this girl's been doing it since she was, like, nine. And she's now eight years in. You know, Mike, I'm just saying. I don't call you a creep when you creep on young women. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah, she's probably this girl right here. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not saying she isn't. When you, probably it, 28. Look, now that you pulled up that larger photo, I'm like, okay, this is a younger girl. Her, this 30-year-old? The, the small photo. I was like, that's like a 22-year-old. Probably fine. Probably yeah. decent looking. <laughs> no, you didn't actually say that one. You never said that one was hot. I was just oh, pointing okay. out. You just pulled that picture up of that girl. I pulled that one up because okay. I was like, I just wanted to see if there was ages for any of them. Like, trying to prove my point that oh, some yeah. of these have to be under 18. This Greta Thunberg one, she's probably like 40. Yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're all playing their maybe they're playing numbers. Their by age. the way, why is it? Why are they playing for USA cricket? But they're like this bitch is from Sussex. Where Sussex, UK? Where do you see that hometown? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it says country of birth is in the USA. F- first of all, I love the fucking names of cricket positions: left arm all rounder. Yeah, that could mean anything. Yeah. All rounder. Yeah, it literally means anything. You're an all-rounder. Is that actually what that means? You know more about cricket than me, apparently. Yeah, so like you have uh, you have people who specialize in, in the pitching part. You have people who specialize in certain parts of the hitting. And then you have an all-rounder where it's like... What do you mean certain parts of the hitting? Um, being an anchor, being an opener, um, being in the opening partnership. Being an anchor? I didn't see any fat bitches. Wow. There was, a, there was one. Being an opener, I didn't see any 
girls that look very slutty. That you're telling me that is not an anchor. All right. Is she? Is, hold on. Let's let's take a look. Nope. Right arm medium. <laughs> a hometown Brooklyn though. Nice. Good for her. I would. And born oh. in Granada. Okay. But she's from here. Definitely learned how to play cricket. Oh, actually, people from Grenada play cricket for sure. Yeah. West Indies is big on cricket, right? Yeah, they, uh, they're they always in, like, the actual International World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It's right. like them and Ireland fight to get, like, one win. All right. Well, we're all glad that the USA women's team lost after having to hear these arguments ad nauseum with women who don't watch soccer for the last five years. Just would anything make you happier than if the ratings came out, it tanked? Oh, but they switched. They somehow had And they switched. How how happy would that make you, Chris? Yeah. It would be great. It would be great. I would be very happy. Equal pay. Equal pay. I like that they were chanting. First of all, I don't believe that they were chanting equal pay. They were. Really? Yeah, dude. In New Zealand? Oh, because they're in New Zealand. There were, who cares? It's At the end of the day, they were, uh, they like made it their fight. Throughout the entire thing. So, like, when you see the champions, like, winning, you kind of just jump on with whatever their thing is. Oh, I see. So, they were chanting equal pay. So, like, it's like if Steve Austin won and they were, like, Austin 316. Exactly. his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's kind of one of those. It's honestly almost like a you deserve it chant. So, equal pay for the women's bat. It's it's just like, it's like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, She's like, she's like, we're really happy. What? No, it's just like, oh, we're so excited to win yet another World Cup. Equal pay! (laughs) Yeah. God, I hate it. I want women to get less pay. Moving on. Elon Musk has said that he is going to uh, provide legal assistance to anybody who's been fired because of Twitter. Because of something they tweeted. Yes. Or liking a tweet. Now, wasn't there somebody who was just suspended from NASCAR? There was actually a gentleman who was just suspended from NASCAR uh, for liking a George Floyd meme. Now, I assume this meme must have been race positive because NASCAR does not like black folks. Uh, remember that one thing with the noose that turned out to be nothing? <laughs> I do remember that, but I also... I remember when we covered that on the show. No, none of the lamestream media covered that. How it turned out to be... Just some guy threw away a thing that was a knot tie. No, it wasn't. It was just the tie on the garage. Like, oh yeah, to pull the garage down. down. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, yeah. And he it was, was like, it was a noose. It was a noose. It was like, no, it's just like a handle. <laughs> that would be like if they opened a dollar van. Like you know, the guys open dollar vans with the same mechanism, but all apparently all of these Haitian guys are now fucking holding nooses. Yeah, it's MAGA country. You know what I mean? That's it, dude. Yeah. You're in the heart of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, especially the outer boroughs, that kind of is MAGA country. That's true. That's fair. (laughs) Deep, deep, deep in there. And also those West Indians love Trump. Dog, where I'm at, there's a lot of pro-George Santos, pro-Trump. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But that's like white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about getting a Jamaican guy's cab. Or oh, a Dominican guy's camp. They will not stop telling you about how great Trump is. They, they just look at they look at a guy that looks like you or a guy that <laughs> looks like me, and they go, "I just got to say something. I love Donald Trump." <laughs> and they, they like almost like like I've been scared to say this around everybody all day, but it seems like I could tell you how much I love Donald Trump. And I'm like, if you say so, bud, 
Uh, I don't like the guy that much, but I'll let you talk about it. And they'll just they start going about how he's like a businessman, and they like how he makes people mad, and that he's fucking doing all the right things. I just keep poking, dude. Yeah, I'll keep hitting these guys with like, I mean, but he's a little crazy on some of his stances, no? And they'll be like, Nah, well, my friend, my friend, he's great, he's great, he's the best businessman. You need a businessman in in, in government. Yeah, ridiculous dog. You know what we actually need in government? Mm. Another Teddy Roosevelt. I'm becoming a big Teddy Roosevelt guy. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the national parks, don't. but I don't like the way the national parks bill has been used to steal state parks from the states. I didn't know that was a thing. That was a huge... Um, they always say that it's an anti-climate change thing. It's anti-climate science. But essentially, the Obama administration actually... Uh, um, Trump actually ran on this. This is a big part of why he won... A lot of those North Pacific Northwest states like Wyoming and shit like that um, is because their land had been taken by the National Parks Act, even though it was state parkland. And it's like some of these states like Utah, uh, uh, Wyoming, the only thing they actually have is this parkland. It's the only thing of value the state has and generates revenue for the state. And they were like, essentially, they were saying that they were going to run pipelines and then the... This country took it and made it national park land. So it's like now they're not getting the tourism revenue when it was a state park, and they're not allowed to run these pipelines through it. So now it's like they're doubly fucking these places. So there was a so Trump actually supported a massive lawsuit that a lot of these states had against the federal government to take these uh, take these lands back. A lot of this kind of stuff keeps happening, where it's like you know how they said uh, electric vehicle. Everybody's very worried that we don't have the resources to. You know, the uh, Biden administration has said by 2030, uh, they want all cars to be electric vehicles. Remember that? Right. Okay. Um, That's not going to happen. By the way, Joe Biden will be dead by 2030. 100%. (laughs) So he's not even going to have to go, I guess I was wrong. Well, Kennedy said we're going to be on the moon by 69. He wasn't there for it. uh, That's fair. Um, We were closer to getting to the moon when Kennedy said that. And also, we had competition. It was like the Monday Night Wars. That's what the Cold War was. It was, it was, like, it was like WCW versus WWF. That's what it was. Uh, uh, yeah, for a while there, fucking WCW, SSR was catching heat. Dude, we were going to do it no matter what. You know what I mean? Like It's like we made uh, uh, Russia look bad with supermarkets, and they were like, we're going to put something in space. Then they put a dog up there. They put a fucking ball up there. And then it was like, all right, well, we got to get there. We got to get to the thing first. And we did. That was the first. That was actually the uh, tide that turned it. And it was funny because Tony Schiavone came on TV in Russia, state TV in Russia, and said, oh, uh, some loser named Neil Armstrong is going to fucking walk on the moon. Who's going to pay to see that? He used to wrestle here as Cactus Jack. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about NASCAR. And then the whole of the USSR switched over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire USSR switched over to watch the moon landing. It's crazy. And that was it. It changed everything. It changed, the, it changed the tide of the world. They really, they really fumbled their bag. It was Tony Schiavone. He, mm. he actually changed the entire universe. Was this before or after they had a uh, uh, a Lenin versus uh, Gorbachev uh, uh, match oh, yeah. at the Thunderdome for free? Yeah, yeah. no, that it was. Um, they had a uh, <laughs> a, tr- a, a monster truck sumo fight on top <laughs> of the building. 
I think the monster trucks on top of that building. <laughs> and then they they said that Gorbachev fell into the lake. <laughs> Clearly, it was in a parking lot. It was so fucking weird. <laughs> what an odd thing for a Russian country versus the U.S. to do. A su- like monster trucks are clearly a U.S. thing, and sumo's Japanese. It didn't make any sense. Why didn't they just do samba or something? It, I don't know. Um, monster truck samba would make more sense, I suppose. I don't know how that would work uh, with the judo flips. Um, You'd would- have to do it like battle bots. Oh, like, like a wedge? Yeah, like a wedge situation. You Maybe know- those cars from the Fast and Furious 7 that have like the wedge in the front. And they go real fast. Oh, yeah. That'd be kind of sick. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, what were we actually talking about with this? With the, uh, uh, oh, talking about Elon Musk and the Twitter lawsuit thing. Now, does this now prompt people to just call their boss a cunt on Twitter and get fired? <laughs> well, no, because he said he would he would cover your lawsuit. If you... Call your boss a cunt on Twitter uh-huh. trying to get fired. Mm-hmm. You're going to be out of a job. How many journalists are currently faking getting fired? The same way like comedians fire their agents so they could be on new faces unrepped. <laughs> the same way comedians that we all know, by all I mean me and you, and most of the people listening to this, know and are fans of, uh, uh, fire their agents. So that they can get uh, uh, new faces unwrapped, and then they do it, and then they just hire back those same agents. Yeah, a couple of those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what's going to happen with this, correct? Like, there's a journalist right now. There's a New York Times journalist figuring out a tweet that they can get fired for so they can go to Elon and so that they can expose how bad Elon is at actually doing this. This is WCW all over again. Yeah, it's, it's like they're when, working the boys. It's like when Bischoff uh, fake-fired Pillman, but he really signed the release papers. Yeah, it's exactly. It's just like that. That's what it's going to be. Some some chick's going to get fired for the New York Times, quote-unquote. And then she's uh, uh, going to get this lawsuit money yeah. from Elon, do the expose on it, ha- have it in the pocket, but at the same time not be able to turn down the fat Fox News check that's coming. Right? Like... You got to play both sides. I don't here. think you go Fox News. Hmm. I think you go WAPO. Okay. You go Washington Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, you sued New York Times, uh-huh. made a bag. Yeah, but Washington Post isn't, they're also like a liberal paper. Yeah. I think you got to take that conservative bag. You think you got to go, I, I don't think you can get away with using Elon's money. I guess if you're using Elon's money to... Take a real dent out of New York Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York Times think they got a handshake deal. We're just doing an expose on Elon. Well, they, they can't. They can't put anything on paper because that would discredit them. Yeah, We're right. Because then you. they would be part of this like weird shady thing. Mm. You know what I mean? It it would have to like they'd have to kind of be like, all right, we're gonna do this, and then you just get them. It's like the departed. You actually got to spend that two yeah. months in prison. You got that Newsmax money now. <laughs> yeah, yo, that's yeah. over. You're it's a wrap. You're definitely getting the Newsmax show. That goes without saying. Yeah, I mean, I think I could get a Newsmax show if I got fired from here. They're gonna go there, but like somebody like that is like when the USFL paid Steve Young like a million dollars on the spot signing bonus just to get him to sign instead of the NFL. 
Like, oh yeah, you're gonna be a hot commodity on the market. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so this guy got fired from NASCAR. He got suspended indefinitely. Yes. Which means he can't just go. That means he just can't go race for Saudi Arabia. That's all that means, right? <laughs> I don't think they have a race league. I mean, they will. Like, I think that's next. Like, I mean, that's they they got golf. Then the next thing is some sort of Formula One. Well, he can't go race for Formula One if he's suspended. He could. I mean, Formula One has no association with NASCAR. Yeah, but I'm sure there's some sort of non-compete. No, it's. I I just don't think. Like, NASCAR guys and Formula One guys are just built different. What do you mean? Like, the Formula One guys well, are... because they sometimes uh, turn right? Yes. Also, in cars that are made of, like, fiberglass and, and are closer... Well, the like... cars are built differently. I don't know that the people are built differently. They're still skin and parts, right? Nah, like, one's... I feel like one's stockier and one's more athletic. You think the Formula One guys are more athletic? I think so. Yeah, because you watch that Netflix show? Kind of. Dude, it drives me fucking nuts. All the people who watch the Netflix Formula One show who are now like into Formula One. Tom was talking about this to me. And he's just like, you watch, uh," I was like, the only reason I really watch is I do watch motocross because I feel like it's the most sport of all of them. And also super fun to watch while you're high. We've discussed this on the program. But like, I've been to a NASCAR event. It's fun. Formula One, I'm sure, is fine to watch, too. But, like, car racing on TV sucks. I've gotten into NASCAR before. Really? And I got into the final of the Daytona 500 this year. If you're watching... Yeah, but most of that is because you're a gambling addict. No. Had nothing to do with it. it nothing? It was just on. I couldn't even get oh, action. Okay. It was All just right. on the TV, and I was like, oh, there's 20 laps left? I'm locked in for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 20 laps. It's fucking... That's a half hour. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. If they catch you at the right time. That's true. You can get locked in. ODI cricket, you can get locked in for the final half hour, and you can get invested. Oh, yeah. That's just because the, the announcers are so into it. Yeah, the tension builds. Yeah. I mean, I love a good... I love I love tense sports. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing, is the tension. That's why I don't necessarily like the uh, pitch clock in baseball. What I think mean? it detracts from the tension of a low-scoring baseball game. I disagree. Gets more frustrating for the guys. Yeah, but I like the the tension in the air. You know what I mean? I like the palpable. It's, it's they're taking the beat. If you're getting your ass kicked, that's not there one way or another. I'm not saying about getting your ass kicked. I'm talking about like, I think with the pitch clock now you get less pitchers duels, which I think is the biggest tension in baseball when it's the fucking ninth inning and it's fucking zero zero. There's been a decent amount of that this year. Really? Yeah. And you think it's because they're knocked off of their fucking game where they can't take all the time in the world? No, I feel like they just get into a rhythm where it's like you actually, you know, like if somebody's if somebody's got their stuff and mm-hmm. you don't have, you know, like a ton of distractions and, you know, picking your fucking, you know, picking your nuts and shaving it, you like whatever. Picking your nuts and shaving it? Picking your nuts and like, I meant like fucking with your beard. Messing with your chew, getting ready, looking back at this guy. Just get into a groove. They keep... the, I thought they were not allowed to chew anymore. No, nah, they're, they're still chewing. Good. Yeah, dude. Seems ridiculous. A pitcher not being able to chew is crazy. Wildly un-American. Dude, that's so un-American. It's fucking crazy. Dude, if any... Chewing tobacco and baseball are... It's the most American combination of two things. 
I don't name another, I guess apples and pie, <laughs> but I feel like pies existed before. <laughs> like, It's true. Yeah, I feel like if you're a pitcher and you die with your lower jaw, like mm-hmm. you're kind of a bitch. Yeah. What do you you don't even need that, dude? <laughs> Come on, dude. You don't throw with your mouth, you fucking homo. <laughs> Are you still eating pussy yeah. in your seventies? Yeah. yeah. Grow up. Oh, Jesus. Enough already. <laughs> Jesus, old man. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um <clears throat> So uh, what did this guy get fired from NASCAR for? Uh, for liking a meme of George Floyd uh, as uh, Sebastian the Crab uh, uh-huh. from the uh, Little Mermaid remake uh-huh. uh, saying... Because black people like crabs? Like crab legs at the buffet? Uh, I think it was just because it was the, the black uh, uh, Little Mermaid was coming out. Oh. Saying that... When did the black Little Mermaid get announced? <clears throat> like 2019. Really? It was pre-COVID? Yeah. It was like right before COVID, and then mm. production got halted, and that's why it took so long to come out. Oh. But, yeah. Just like a black mermaid to be late. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, look, Disney did that, not me. I didn't make that joke. Disney did it. That's true. Uh, and so what was the meme? Uh, the meme was uh, uh, George Floyd as Sebastian the Crab, and it said, under the knee. I mean, that's... Look, the internet is cruel, but that is uh, 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 original. Yeah. Um, it's a solid meme. I don't think... I think you got to know not to click like... So he just got suspended. He didn't just like that meme. Uh, I don't... I haven't found a uh, thing that says when he liked it. Hmm. If so, you so all right. I think we can both agree. If he liked it right after it happened, I still don't think you should get suspended for such a thing. It is still just a meme. And also, I think it's it's kind of funny. Like I think a lot of people are so don't like don't realize that um, people can see your likes. That does suck. Like doesn't it? Okay, two things. Mm-hmm. One. Happened on Instagram. Happened on Instagram? How do you know? No Elon protection. Oh. Uh, so I'll show you what it Wait, looks like. Wait, you can see people's likes on Instagram? Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, 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 because it's like right in the... Yeah. Because somebody else was following him and saw this post. Yeah. Now, by, by the way, the account... Stitches get stitches. The account is a... It seems like it probably is a... It's called iBuddha... Which seems like that seems like one of them black meme accounts. Like I don't know the account, but I do follow a lot of black meme accounts, <laughs> and that seems like it could be one of them black meme accounts. Uh, I am looking at like literally just based on the name of the account. I Buddha. I Buddha underscore is what it was. Uh, okay. Underscore, that's what I messed up. Uh, okay. Says, uh, good vibes only, new account. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. That's... Seems like that guy's account got nuked. Ben deleted. Yeah. I mean, going to throw this out there. That is a solid meme. Uh, uh, probably not for Instagram. 
Uh, also, like, if you're a public figure, maybe you don't like those. Uh... Also, I use uh, tweet delete. I do too, and I kind of regret it now. Why? I miss being able to look back at my old tweets. Here's the thing. Somebody pointed this out to me. Any of the tweets that you really like, just screenshot and post as an Instagram post, and you'll have. Like, if it's a funny tweet, and you want to keep that idea and be like, I thought of this first. Sure. But uh, the thing about the tweet delete thing is somebody, uh, uh, Matt Marin of all people, pointed this out to me. He goes, he goes uh, has anybody ever gotten anything good from an old tweet? That's what sold me on it. Was yeah. Matt saying that exact thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one has ever, no one's ever been gone through your old tweets and been like, you know, this guy's hilarious. Let's give him a fucking late night writer's job. <laughs> no one has ever done that. It's never happened. Nobody's like, nobody's going, actually, you know what? We were all going to offer you this much money at this job. Then we went through your old tweets. And you know what? We're going to double that offer because you seem like you're worth it. Never once. Never once has anyone ever got anything good from an old tweet. That's all you got to think about. And also, are you really looking at your old tweets? What are you using to look at your old tweets? Time hop? Uh, no. I what think is it, I, 2015, you weirdo? No, I think I actually scrolled all the way back because I was looking for something in particular. And what were you looking for? I don't remember. Mm. Mm. I genuinely don't. Press me all you want. Mm. All right. So, I'm thinking Elon is, this is one of his, he's going to backpedal on this. He's got to be already be backpedaling on this. So, somebody, a couple fun things came out of this. Uh, uh, I saw Anthony Cumia said, how about this one? <laughs> like, there's got to be a statue a little bit, that's 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's way before Elon took over. Yeah. Well, it's also like, at what point, I mean, clearly that's a case, right? But Anthony already sued them, and the case got thrown out. You have to be able to still bring the case, yeah. which I think li- limits you to 90 days. I don't think it counts for cases that have been thrown out already. Yeah. I imagine Anthony sued. You can't get back pay. Yeah, you can't, like, you can't now sue. Like, I believe, like, most lawsuits, I don't know what it is for something like this. I know they've extended, like, um... When it comes to sexual harassment, they've extended. It used to be nine. You had ninety days if you got fired, and you said it was uh, based on like not accepting sexual advances from your boss or something like this. And then this is your excuse. It used to be ninety days. Ninety days for a lot of other wrongful termination suits. I think they've extended that one longer. I, I might be mistaken on all these counts, but I believe it was maybe it was six months. I thought it was ninety days, but it could have been six months or something. It's under a year. You have less than a year if you get fired, if you get wrongfully terminated. I believe you have, at least in New York, I believe you have less than a year to file your wrongful termination suit. Interesting. Because otherwise, you'd have somebody who got fired five years ago just running into a fucking lawyer who was like, "You got that's why you got fired? So you just, you just meet a lawyer, they just go, you know you could have sued over that. And then that person will just find another lawyer to take the case for like a percentage. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it would just bog down the courts. There has to be, you have to like get on this. You have to go get a lawyer <coughs> if you're wrong. Also, like if you've been wrongfully terminated, yes, you have to go find a new job. Certainly. However, you should be adequately fired up enough, also with enough free time, 
to go meet a lawyer. <laughs> that will take no your excuses. case. You have no excuses. Uh, so I got one here. Uh, one reply to Elon's tweet. Uh, okay. Uh, AJ Delgado uh, says, perfect. In 2016, my married supervisor at work got me pregnant. I informed the employer and asked for help, yet the supervisor was nevertheless promoted, whereas I was frozen out. I took- Hold on, hold on. Was he? Pro- is she hot? Hell yeah, I promote that motherfucker too. What? I promote that motherfucker too. Because like, he was banging her? Yeah. Good for you, buddy. It's true. That guy does look like he... I mean, it was this First guy. First of all, also, she's a lawyer. According to her fucking thing. Who are you paying? You're paying... Elon's going to pay you to represent yourself? <laughs> um, I took to Twitter to protest what was happening. The important- Should have known better, being a lawyer and all... <laughs> The employer retaliated against me for this and also sued me for $1.5 million 10 days after I had given birth while I was nursing a newborn and recovering from a C-section, claiming that I had violated my NDA by disclosing that I was pregnant, that my pregnancy was confidential information owned by the employer. I have had to sue. Dude, calling a pregnancy confidential information? The bitch gonna get fat. (laughs) Like, you know, like, it's like, it's like, how is that? It can't, you being pregnant can't ever be confidential information because your titties are going to get bigger. Your belly's going to get bigger. You're going to start being really annoying and eating a lot of food. Like, you're going to get very emotional. All of this is true. Also, people are going to stop smelling copper three days out of the month when they're around you. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. Um, a lot of dead giveaways. Yeah. Uh, you ready for the punchline? Yes. Uh, I have had to sue. I am grateful you will be covering this. P.S. The Trump campaign is the employer. Oh, she really thought that was an own on Elon, huh? Thank you, Elon. Uh, hold on. What was her, what's the next tweet under this? Uh, her thing? Yeah, here you go, Elon Musk, because it's hard to believe the Trump campaign would sue a woman, especially when... I like how she thinks she's owning Elon Musk. Like, Elon Musk has never come out and been like, I love Donald Trump. Once. If anything, Trump is running a rival social media platform to him. True They're social. enemies. Yeah, exactly. They should... Dude, it's going to be a triple threat now with him, Zuck, and fucking Trump? Damn, dude. Somehow Trump just wins, like Chris Benoit won when it was him, <laughs> Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, dude. I Trump- know we keep coming back to wrestling this episode. <laughs> Yeah, dude. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like when Daniel Bryan had to go through Triple H, the and game. Then, and then the rest of evolution in the main event. And still somehow he eked it out. Trump. Yeah. Trump. Trump. Somehow Truth Social, the plucky upstart social media company, feeds both Meta and X. Mm. So that's the that's the the By the way, very annoying to me that um Media sites are calling it X. It sucks. Like when I was reading about, I was reading about this uh, Elon Musk thing. People were calling it like Musk took to X, and I'm like, stop calling it that. I still go to Twitter.com. It's still Twitter for now. Sure, you can call it X all you want, but I went to Twitter.com. I hate the icon. Me too. It's terrible. It looks like. It looks like when Ashley Madison got sued into oblivion 
they had to go underground. That's what the fucking logo looks like. It honestly to me, I confuse it for a porn site all the time. Yes. All the time. I'm like, why do I have this tab open? <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> okay. The news. And also, here's another thing. You can't call it X.com because then nobody can go to Twitter in their office ever again for fear of everybody seeing all of the fucking other websites that start with X that they go to sometimes. You fucking idiot. Did you see? <laughs> I saw a great meme this morning. It was uh, a guy showing uh, a screenshot from his wife being like, why the fuck are you paying $8 a month to X.com? And it's his, like, he's got the fucking verified blue check mark, and he goes, guess I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. Pretty good. <laughs> dude, got cucked by Musk, dude. Musk the Cusk. Hmm. He's fucked. I think this is going to be a real problem for him going forward. The fight with Zuck? Oh, I don't think. Do you think? I, I, I think maybe he can't win. He said he needs to have surgery. Um, but then he'll be ready. He wants to fight. What's the surgery? Back surgery, right? Who knows? He No, he said what it was. Okay. You know what's a crazy thing I was reading about earlier? Remember when Brock Lesnar was in the uh, NFL Combine? Yeah. Do you, remember, do you know that two months earlier he got T-boned by on a motorcycle? No. Yeah. Dude, he's a freak of nature. I never knew that fact. That's insane. He was on a motorcycle? He got into a motorcycle accident <laughs> two weeks before having not played football since being a freshman in high school <laughs> and walked onto the Vikings. <laughs> the only athlete, as far as I know, to be featured in three different sports franchises. Yeah, majorly. Yeah, for sure. And he probably could have been in the Olympics. It's just that the year he graduated was four years away. Like, the Olympics were going on already when he graduated. When, like... The Summer Olympics were that summer. Mm. Yeah, but you could you could spend your entire college career getting ready for the Olympics, and then um, once you graduate college, make that your summer after college. No, because you can't qualify. You can't if you're if you're trying to be senior year is your best chance to win the top prize in the NCAA. You can't be training for the Olympics while you're in college and a collegiate athlete. Mm. You need, so essentially for, for things to line up perfectly, your senior year has to be one year before the Olympics. And also that was Lesnar's best year in college. Cause he didn't get into college. He went to junior college. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of guys go, John Jones went Juco wrestling. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of guys do. Because there's just not a lot of wrestling scholarships out there. I see. So it's like you got to really prove yourself at the JUCO level. And being a JUCO... Oh, because there's so many high school wrestlers. Being a JUCO national champion is like... That's actually like... It's on par with being an NCAA champion in some... Like you're not going to get there as like a freshman, sophomore, like you were saying. So getting that in your freshman, sophomore year is okay. probably going to be a better and like... It's a bigger feather in the cap. Then, you know, making it to nationals as a freshman. I see. Okay, that actually does make sense to me. Um, what the fuck are we talking about? I know I'm all over the place today. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk, Twitter. Handling the lawsuits. Oh, he's fucked. 
He's so fu- he. I think now he's opened him up what? himself up to a lawsuit if he doesn't take these lawsuits. Somebody came out and another one that I saw. I can't find it now because I didn't send it to you. But uh, a guy said, "I was fired by Twitter for complaining on Twitter for the way Elon was handling like new people, or like he he was handling like the 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 people who worked on the user experience." Oh yeah, side. I do remember one guy got fired for that. Right, he was like bitching about Elon's new management style on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, some guy was like, "Yo, you're really just gonna disrespect your boss like this?" And Elon responded with, "He's been fired." So the guy just quote tweeted that was like yep <laughs> i guess you gotta pay your own lawyers <laughs> yeah you gotta yeah you gotta pay uh, my lawyers to sue your lawyers <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah this is uh uh <laughs> he's on drugs right like it's like at this point like he's clear first of all does tesla does tesla have an earnings call or something coming up because just... typically when he does something crazy like this to get himself into the fucking... He, like, learned this, by the way. He did learn this from Trump. Like, he, as much as he's, like, not an outward Trump supporter, he did, like, learn this thing from Trump of, like, oh, if I just do something crazy in them... Or, though, maybe Trump learned it from him. But, like, um, I, I don't know which one of them started doing it first. Like, you do this crazy thing or you make this crazy announcement right before an earnings call... So that the earnings call gets pushed down in the news feed and it doesn't tank your stock price. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he just had his earnings report uh, last month. But it was, I mean, end of June is when him and, and Zuckerberg agreed to the cage match. And all these headlines started popping up. And then the call was two weeks later. Oh, yeah. So there you go. It does line up. Or he's the one who laid out the challenge, correct? I think so. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because Zuckerberg doesn't lay out challenges like this. Um, but uh, yeah, beat expectations. All right. Well, moving on. Mike, you're fired up about one thing and one thing only this week, correct? Ooh. What are you fired up about, Mike? Uh, the 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 movie uh, by a, a bunch of truth tellers uh, that the what, lanes... what movie Barbie? Yes. Yeah, you took away the wind out of my sails there. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I didn't realize you were doing a whole thing. Sorry, no, no, hold no. on. I'll reset it up. I'll reset no, 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 no. Mike, you're fired about one thing and one thing only this week. It's not the Barbie movie. What is it? <laughs> uh, my mom's favorite movie. The uh, the the Sound of Freedom, Cry, Dubs, Freedom, something like that. Uh-huh. Whatever it's called. Free Dubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, that one. Um, Sound of Freedom, I think it is. Uh, that movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Have no clue. Uh, uh, I will not see it. Validity right it. now. I, I, mean, I absolutely. I am more likely to see either Oppenheimer or the Barbie movie. Neither of which I think I will ever see. I'm going to see both of those, but um, it's too late. The cultural moment has passed. Same with Sound of Freedom. If a cultural moment about a movie passes, there's no need to ever watch it. That's not true. Unless you were dead. Unless you were not alive when the movie came out. Like I, I just rewatched the first Godzilla movie the other day. That was about a cultural moment. I wasn't alive, and I was probably too young the first time I saw the first Godzilla movie to truly understand what they were talking about. Are you talking about the Matthew Broderick version? Yes, the first Godzilla movie. Yeah, the Matthew Broderick one. Yeah, yeah the one from 1958. Uh, I've never seen that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. I think Barbie's gonna rule. Looks pretty good, actually. I'll be honest. Yeah. I've said this, uh, and I don't care if anybody judges me for that. 
That looks like a very entertaining movie. And I need to see this Oppenheimer thing on the true 70 millimeter IMAX. And I can. It's close. What do you like, mean? There's one, there's, there's like 22 locations in the country, and one of them is a 10 minute drive from the studio. Well, you better hurry up and get there before they take it out of the theater. Yeah. We'll probably go later this week. You want to go after this? I mean, I'll ask Alex. I don't think they're showing. I don't think you know there's a Monday night, midnight showing of Oppenheimer. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Do some acid and go see Oppenheimer at midnight on a Monday. That sounds like a goddamn nightmare, but sure. Uh, it sounds like a double nightmare. Sure. <laughs> yes, it does not sound good. <laughs> um, by the way, there was already in uh, Barbenheimer, by the way. There was an amalgamation of both these. Have I talked about this? No. Do you know what the movie IQ is? IQ? Yes. This is the original Barbenheimer. I do not. So there was a movie that came out. Pull up the trailer for the movie IQ, and then we'll get into the Sound of Fury thing. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the Meg Ryan movie? Yes. Yes. So there was a movie that came out in the 90s called IQ that I completely forgot about until Barbenheimer was a meme. (laughs) Oh, yeah? But it might be the worst premise for a romantic comedy ever. Okay. You want this trailer? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just watch the trailer and let people figure out what this movie is. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe this got made. They call the seven sacred pools. And the water is so aerated that it feels like an enormous tongue just licking your entire body. Slides and great licking tongues? Have you gone mad? It's because it's spring. Everything goes through upheaval in the spring, wouldn't you say? Look at this nerd she's dating. Sounds like business. They were from two completely different worlds. That's your problem right there. You got no spark. What? You have no spark. It was electric. Wow, that was fast. What about the car? Your, your stroke is too short, and you're getting premature ignition. Woo! Is Got it him. Well, I'm sure I don't know what you mean. Only an Einstein could bring two such opposites together. He's a troglodyte. Fortunately, yes, he was available. It's actually <laughs> Walter Matthau playing Albert Einstein in this romantic comedy. <laughs> What makes you think that she would be better off with you? On a lift? On that? No. 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 Becoming briefly something you are not. Shitty motorcycle. It's the only way for Catherine to see you for what you really are. What do I do if she asks me a question? Then you say, interesting concept. Pause this, pause this. Go back to the, the scene of all of the other... Because presumably this is after they've got all these Germans out of Germany. <laughs> after they had helped Hitler kill all the Jews. So assuming, I assume, I don't remember this, but that must be like Von Braun, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like. Yeah, it's Warner Von Braun. That's Robert Oppenheimer right there. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's like what is this fucking movie? <laughs> this romantic comedy. So if I recall correctly, because I did see this movie when I was a child, because my uncle was watching it because he bought the previewed. VHS tape from Blockbuster for $2. Balls. And uh, uh, if I recall correctly, Albert Einstein is Meg Ryan's uncle. Okay. A- and he, she's his assistant. And uh, uh, then there's all these scenes of the two of them almost like kissing. And then all of these ex-Nazis <laughs> who, helped, <laughs> who helped build the atomic bomb <laughs> are like looking at the window like, oh my God, I think they kissed. Like it's it's the weirdest fucking movie. It's that's Barbenheimer. That was the, that's the. 
I mean, yeah, Meg Ryan was, uh, uh, you She's know. America's sweetheart. The, the casting time. appropriate Barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She At was, the time? The, honestly, Meg Ryan is the Margot Robbie of the. Of the late '90s, perhaps I don't. Margot Robbie was never been in a romantic comedy, and I kind of respect her for it because I'm sure she could have made tens of millions of dollars doing that. I don't know that fucking uh, that one Will Smith con man movie. I don't even know what this is. Might as well have been a romantic comedy. It was good. I liked it. But you know what I'm saying is like I kind of respect her for. I don't know if they make rom coms like that anymore. Oh like, yeah, they're all the time. Netflix. But I feel like Jennifer Lopez has been in five thousand rom coms. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like I kind of respect Margot Robbie for never really being in a proper rom com. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Neighbors. I don't know what. Oh, Neighbors was a comedy. Oh yeah, no, but that was I was that thinking... was pretty funny actually. Yeah. No, I was thinking she. It was the like Australian soap opera. Hmm. Um, I wasn't thinking of the right thing. Where the hell is her filmography? Just go to IMDb. Right, yeah. Because uh, her Wikipedia is just going to be about all the controversy about her being mid now. <laughs> yeah. Vigilante, ICU, About Time, The Wolf of Wall Street, Z for Zachariah, Focus, Focus Sweet Franchise. Sweet Franchise? I love the name of that movie. Yeah, is, that, is that just a hotel suite with nothing but chicken franchise? That sounds delicious. Yes. The Big Short, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. I saw uh, that movie's very bad. Legend. Oh, I guess Legend of Tarzan. Is that the Disney movie? No, it was like a reimagining with I think Nicholas Skarsgård as uh, Tarzan. I don't remember that at all. But that sounds like it probably could have been rom com Yeah. I Tanya, fantastic movie. Yeah. No. Uh... Hold on. Can we just acknowledge? The run of the Winnie the Pooh movie, then Peter Rabbit, and then something called Flopsy Turvy. <laughs> it was a short film. Oh, okay. Prob- oh, because it was she played Flopsy slash the narrator in Peter Rabbit, so that was probably one of those like Pixar oh I see yeah, yeah animated I got you. shorts that goes at the beginning. Got you. Okay. Um. So the terminal. That's not the terminal. That's a movie. Of- oh no. yeah, that's a completely different thing where she's apparently a murderer. Yeah, it looks like uh, uh, John Chick. So, that was very good. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. Bombshell, uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to throw this out there. I guess the closest thing to a rom-com she's done is Barbie, right? Which isn't really that. Yeah, I mean, I guess Focus was kind of, I mean, get, there's no, no comedy that was a drama. Amsterdam was kind of a romantic comedy. What is Amsterdam? Amsterdam is like a, it's essentially a movie made uh, about the United States between World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. and uh, like a lot of the fuckery that went on with it. Mm. It's no IQ. No. Mm. Mm. Oh, I remember hearing that movie. Amsterdam got shitted on hard. I liked it. You like a lot of things. Man. I do. I don't remember the last time you told me you hated a movie. Um, Black Adam. Oh, yeah, Black Adam. Was Shazam 2 was better than I thought it was going to be, but I still kind of hated it. I did not love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Black Adam was very bad. Black Panther 2 was god-awful. I can't believe you even watched it. Quantumania, what I've seen, not good. I didn't, I didn't super hate that, but I was really high. 
I don't know, dude. I got, I saw, I was like half falling asleep and I saw what Modoc looks like and I was like, mm-mm. Uh, they kind of ruined Modoc. Yeah. Patton Oswald did a better job of Modoc. I love Patton Oswald's Modoc. I thought it was pretty funny. I wish he'd unblocked me on Twitter. He unblocked everybody else on Twitter. Yeah, I said something I shouldn't have said. Oh, about his wife? Yeah, it was, it was not nice. Mm. I feel bad about that. To be fair, fu- she was actually the Gilgo Beach killer, so it's fine. We didn't. We never looked into that. Mm, not yeah. once. Um, Egg on his face. Yeah. How did we get here? Um, Margot Robbie Barbenheimer. Before that. Oh, you're fired up about one thing. <laughs> <laughs> one thing and one thing only. Mike, you're fired up about one thing. The movie, uh, 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 The Sound of Freedom. Uh-huh. Now, it's come under fire. It's your mom's favorite movie. She's not seen it yet. Your your father wouldn't see it. <laughs> but your mom is very fired up about the fact that it exists. She but she can't be bothered to go to a theater. She hasn't been in a movie theater since IQ came out. <laughs> but she's very fired up about the movie. I think I made her go see a movie on Mother's Day like a decade ago. And, and she was, was just like, I can't believe I'm in a theater. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, 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 she told you to put on a, a top hat. And you were like, why? <laughs> Um, but so uh, this movie, Sound of Freedom, um, it's very, uh, stupid, I think it, it, it was a crowd, but I didn't realize it was a crowdfunded movie. So this, this headline comes out yeah. and it's all over the place and it makes it seem as though the executive producer of this movie that I had no idea had been crowdfunded. So I had no idea this movie was crowdfunded on Kickstarter, millions of dollars. They somehow got Jim Caviezel, right? That's who it was, Jim Caviezel, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to be in this movie. Uh, got all of the money on Kickstarter to make this movie. Did it, comes out, makes a shit ton of money. Now all of these articles come out saying that the financier of the movie, th- that was the headline that yep. I saw, financier of... Sound of Freedom. I keep keep going to say Sound of Fury because of that fucking Dust Bowl book. Mm. Uh, 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 but it, it, Sound of Freedom, uh, arrested for child trafficking, which uh, none of that headline is true. <laughs> That's, he was a Kickstarter backer for this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess his name was in the credits because if you donate a certain amount of money to the Kickstarter you got your name in the credits of this movie. $500. $500 gets your name. And he put on Facebook that he was very proud of supporting this movie. Um, he got arrested for kidnapping a minor. He got arrested for owning an apartment that he rented to a woman who I believe was going through a custody dispute. Uh-huh. And as a result was like technically... She had kidnapped her own daughter. Okay. So, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, in the state where this happened, the landlord is also liable. Yes. So, this is what happened. (laughs) And so, I'll tell you this, because you you found this from a reputable news source. Yeah. I'm going to trust you on that. I'm not going to ask you what news source. If you remember, please feel free to volunteer it. But uh, you sent me this over a week ago, so I'm not quite sure where you read it. But I was trying to find that infor- exactly the information you just offered me uh-huh. and could not find it on several news websites. Like I went to Newsweek.com, a, a few other ones, and I was, I was looking for it. And um, Newsweek.com was a little more forgiving with their headline, but it, it wasn't the financier thing. But 
just super disingenuous headline that went very viral. Yeah. And you're fired up about it. Well, it's just a thing where it's like, I don't know, man. Like, if you are going to spend this much time and energy trying to vilify this movie. It's just, at this point, what it actually really is. This is, I'm going to say this, and I don't consider myself a conservative. There are people who would listen to this show who would call me a conservative. I am fiscally conservative on certain issues because I believe that government spending is out of control. Uh, uh, socially, I am incredibly liberal. Personally, I think uh, eating a child's adrenal gland is my God-given right as an American. Uh, I mean, they would have to be a third world child. We are God's chosen American country. And by God, I mean the owl God that I pray to at Bohemian Grove every year because I got it like that. Um, oh, it, check this out. Uh -huh. It wasn't Kickstarter. The studio, Angel Studios, has a program where... Angel Studios. These fucking people. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with that company. Uh, shit, I think it's called like it's not Meta, uh, Maverick maybe. They uh, of course it is. They were the ones who funded um, Jane Silent Bob reboot. Okay, so it's like one of those things where it's like it's just like the stock market. You oh, invest X okay. amount of money. You, okay, so you can get a payback. You yes. Get a pay yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember when. Yeah, I do remember getting those. They also did. Um, Yoga hosers or whatever the that something like that yeah whatever the other Kevin Smith movie was was called, um, so you basically invest in this movie and if it makes money if you believe in it you back the movie and instead of like getting a T-shirt if the movie makes money you get a dividend right okay and this movie made money and everybody got a dividend yeah because the movie made a fucking shit ton of money yeah so they had a total of. 6,678 people who invested an average of $501 each. Okay. So. Okay. This guy was in for 500 bucks. Okay. And the movie's made $80 million at this point, right? Uh, Probably more at this point. I think what we were talking about it a couple weeks ago was $80 million. I just read that it doubled uh, Mission Impossible 7 domestically. I saw that it was beating on a regular basis. I saw that it, uh, when it came, the weekend it came out, it beat Indiana Jones. Sick. Which I think they came out the same weekend. Uh, okay. Opening was $20 million and the... Well, so there's also this weird thing with these kind of movies, which is I don't understand how this is... There's not a conservative agenda in the movie, I don't think. I don't. I haven't seen it. $164 million domestically. That's a huge movie. Massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For something that was made, we know the budget. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just, we, uh, you three million dollars or something. Yeah, it's not a lot of money. Like it's crazy. Um, so, what the fuck are we talking about? Uh, uh, so why it's being vilified? Oh yeah, the movie's being vilified. I think it's a it's a twofold thing. Like it's like so they're saying it's this conservative movie and maybe the director's conservative or whatever. There's this like uh, QAnon conspiracy with the wealthy elites trafficking children. That's why they're saying that. But I think what really happens is why these things get called conservative. I was thinking about this with Joe Rogan recently. Joe Rogan's vilified and called right wing because of the way he feels about a few issues, two issues in particular, trans athletes and uh, uh, the vaccine, right? Right. That's essentially why Joe Rogan's being called a conservative for the last five years. But then I was thinking about all the liberal causes that Joe Rogan has uh, uh, actually done 
significantly more to open the eyes of conservatives on, particularly uh, legalization of marijuana, uh, decriminalization of drugs in general, um, the the problems with the prison system, which he, you know he's always got those innocence project guys on, but on beyond that, uh, uh, psychedelic therapy for people with PTSD. Like he's absolutely the driving force behind normalizing that. But the reason why, as soon as they get a chance to call you a conservative and like a right wing crackpot, because that is like kind of what the people our age, my my age, you're much older than me. People <laughs> my age, uh, uh, we do this thing where it's like ever since George W. Bush, you can you can that's why. We have people have gotten liberals have gotten more conservative in that they are policing language. They're doing all the things that when I was 17, we hated Republicans for. They're being dogmatic. They're policing language. They're censoring. Um, They believe people should be fucking locked up and fucking fired for things. They're doing all of the things. They're just not calling themselves Republicans. Right. So it's like we they actually have. But you couldn't become a Republican ever because social media came out and there's all this stuff of you talking shit about Republicans. You just become more, quote, conservative. That's the problem with a fucking binary instead of a fucking actual whatever political compass, if you want to call it that. I think that's got a problem, too. But like this is the actual fucking issue with these fucking things is that these people are actually more conservative. So here's what the whole thing is, is like you call. So the in order to hold your grip your control because the media is mostly consumed by people who consider them still some still consider themselves liberals in major cities. That's who consumes the most news. Correct? Right. We've discussed this on the show. So what you do is you call everybody that is a threat to you, a Republican, and then people go, Oh, I hate that. I hate those people. So what it actually is, is people who did this without the help of a massive fucking studio. That's what it always is. This, the plot of Sound of Freedom or fucking whatever, Smell of Freedom, whatever the fuck, it, I keep forgetting the fucking name of this stupid movie, um, is not inherently conservative, right? It's just, we know that human trafficking in Latin American countries of young women to get fucked for money exists. Correct. That is the plot of the movie, correct? <laughs> yeah, essentially. It's not... They're bringing them to fucking Hollywood producers' homes that are going to eat their adrenal glands, which is the fucking conspiracy theory. I, as far as I know, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, all but we know it's not that because your dad saw it, and he would have told your mom, who would have told you? Because I imagine you and Bruce don't talk on the phone. <laughs> not often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, people talk to their fathers through their mother after a certain age. That's just how that how works. How it goes. Um, so, if my dad wants to see my baby, he better be near my mom while I'm FaceTiming her. Exactly. <laughs> That's just how that works. <laughs> I mean, look, I have nieces and nephews, and it's just kind of like 25 minutes into a FaceTime, I just hear, so you want to say hi to Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's how that goes. Hey, I'm fucking doing stuff. Get out of here. <laughs> Not even here. Uh, fucking. It, but that's just, I think that's just the thing is like, 
they just attack it and they call it this, but it turns out actually the problem is they got their money from this crowdfunding thing. Yes, and but... it made a ton of money. Okay, that's the actual problem. The Kevin Smith movie did not make a ton of money, or else all of a sudden Kevin Smith would be a Republican. No, because this movie was the reason this movie became a sleeper hit is because it was getting heat before it came out for being this crazy QAnon conspiracy movie. And it's like, yeah, but it was it was getting that heat because it got three million dollars in funding and has the guy from Passion of the Christ in it. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it becomes this thing where it's like you did this thing without us and you don't quite agree with us. So now I guarantee if you looked at the politics of the director and Jim Caviezel and whoever else, it would not quite jive with the politics. I'm sure of that. But like what it really is, is like we would never have let you make this movie. And then you got to make this movie. And now it's even more of a problem where we have to go find the one out of how many? 500 Kickstarter backers? No, it was like 6,600. 6,600 Kickstarter backers. Who got arrested on a technicality. One who got arrested for owning a <laughs> rental property. An American entrepreneur who, by the way, I'm pretty sure was Latino. Picture of him was Latino. Let me see if I have it still up here. Um, hold on. I was uh, looking at what the... Uh... He looked... No, 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 no. This is... Hold on. What's the guy's name? No, Missouri couldn't have been. No, this guy was... Fa- no, hold on. Fabian Marta? Buddy. His name is Fabian Marta. Is Marta is as a surname. Look up Marta as a surname. That is not... That is a Spanish name. Um, Swiss or Italian? No way. Yep. Well, you learn something every day. Yeah, belonging to Mars, descendants of Marty. Oh, see, if you say descendants of Marty, I assume it's an Italian thing. Hmm. Why didn't they just say that? These assholes. So you're very fired up about this. Yeah, I mean, I just, here's the thing. I think it is one of those, uh, me doth protest too much. Yeah. It's this, It's very, it does also kind of seem like, all right, like maybe you guys now are child trafficking. Yeah. All right, moving on. Guys, we got to talk about our friends over at YoKratom.com. YoKratom is the home of the $60 kilo. Mike, are you fired up about $60 kilos? I mean, who couldn't be? How do you not get fired up about this $60 kilo? Here's the thing about a $60 kilo. It's way better than a $70 kilo. It's uh, uh, significantly 12, better. 12.25% better. Don't double check my math on that. Instead, go to yokratom.com and order yourself a $60 kilo of Kratom. And then you will not care about math anymore either. You can also get the, kilo, uh, the Kratom in pills. Do you take your Kratom in pills or do you take it in powder, Michael? Uh, pills. You do pills. I'm more of a pill guy myself. Uh, it's, like the, I, it's, it's, it's not that I don't like the taste. I don't like uh, just anything granulated that I'm drinking. I don't want like a I, – I actually used to do that with kava. Before I discovered Kratom, hmm. I did kava. And then you have to make kava into tea. And it's just there is a grittiness to it. So I prefer the pills myself. But some people like the tea. I had friends. I actually ended up giving away. I bought a bunch of kava very inexpensively. And uh, not probably still more than $60 a kilo even then. Uh, so YoKratom.com, the home of the $60 kilo, these guys are the best. But I remember giving it to people, and they were like, I actually like that. So if you're one of these people who likes a uh, a good, uh, like a free, a fr- they call it a free bag tea? What do they call tea without a bag? You make tea without the bag. Uh, loose leaf. 
loose leaf tea. If you like a loose leaf tea, you get the $60 kilo of Kratom. If not, you go get some pills. They have all the different kinds, the red Borneo, the white Borneo, the green Borneo. They got the fucking Vietnamese joint or all whatever. All the does. Yeah, they got all the fucking... I, 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 I still am mostly a train wreck man. That's where they mix all of them together and then put them in the capsules. And then you eat all the Kratom together. That's my thing. Um, clearly, uh, I go hard in the paint. But YoKratom.com, uh, uh, all the other prices of everything else in this country are going up. Even the sound of freedom. You used to be able to go to any park and there was a marching band with a, a bugle player playing for the USO, and it was free. Now that costs $70,000. But Yo Kratom, you go to YoKratom.com, they're still the home of the $60 kilo. They have not raised their prices one iota throughout all of this inflation. So go to YoKratom.com, the home of the $60 kilo. Moving on. Mike, what's going on in South Africa? Lots of things, it seems. Oh, yeah. Um, So we saw a thing. I actually assume this was related to the... uh, African coups we were talking about. By the way, internationally, uh, people turning against the French read a couple of articles shitting on the French because of the African coup in Niger. Okay. Do you not care about that? Of course. We talked about this last week. No, but we didn't talk about the fact that international media is turning on the French. We turned on the French. Mm. And then now all of a sudden, I've read multiple articles since we recorded an episode four days ago going, oh, maybe this is the French's fault. All the, a lot of these coups and revolutions that keep happening in Africa are in the old, uh, uh, the CFA zone and all this stuff. And uh, uh, so internationally, people are starting to go, oh, maybe the French are still meddling in these uh, African things. Define international, though, like from China, Russia, where, where are you reading these articles? Other European, well, The Economist is a British paper. Ooh, okay. So that I read that, that's one, that's the one that comes to mind, but I read it in a few places just... The criticizing just, of the French. I just could not picture a Western nation throwing another Western nation under the bus. Nope, they are. They're throwing them under the bus on this one. Wow. Yeah, big big deal. It's a very big deal. Um, so, but I thought this uh, video that uh, we actually sent to each other on different social media platforms, actually in South Africa, a uh, man talking about economic freedom, that's a big part of why I assumed it had something to do with um, the stuff going on in the CFA zone. Yeah, same. Um, I initially thought that when I sent it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we both looked into it, and it turns out we were both wrong. And yeah. This has to do with South Africa and, uh, I guess, economic freedom from, you know, still white colonialists of both Dutch and British descent there. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody, like a white guy who's in South Africa earlier this morning, and he was telling me, uh, they have gotten super aggressive with um, um, affirmative action. Like, what do you mean? Like racial quotas on things. You were talking to an actual real-life white South African. White South African. Not Elon Musk. Not Elon Musk. Different guy. Different guy. And he said they were cracking. What do you mean by cracking down on affirmative action? Uh, so they have, like, uh, quotas. So they're, you know, like uh, 70% of your business has to be, like, employees have to be black. Mm. So it's like they're just, and they keep moving that number to, like, further and further mm. get white people out. Um, this guy here, the the uh, the gentleman um, in question, uh, that we both sent to each other uh, has been like one of the leaders in the white genocide movement. Is it a white it. genocide movement? Does yeah. he call it that? Yes. This yeah. guy. 
What's his name? Uh, let's play this. Let's play this thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, by the way, number one comment: reposting a guy who advocates for white genocide. It's a bad look. <laughs> I mean, it's a uh, rap C viral is the thing. I mean, a rap, rap C TV. Yeah. But South Africa, you are counted with me. Run South Africa. Stand and make sure that our people understand that they need to be counted. You must be counted. You must be part of history. You must make sure that you are one of the people who are going to deliver economic freedom in our lifetime. Freedom in our lifetime. By the way, the dramatic effect of the raising platform, the gradually building building John Cena theme, and then the pyro, they did that perfectly. Not to mention, you now, know, you know the when lyrics the lyrics of this, you know when the platform starts to rise? When he says the word, South Africa, rise up. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, your time is done, our time is now. Uh, the whole thing. I I get it. You can, you, we don't need to watch it again. Um, I've watched it fifteen hundred times. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so there is an irony of using potentially the world's most famous wigger <laughs> to get forth your uh, anti-white people in a black country sentiment. Mm. So there has been a thing of um, the, there's been some news made of killing white farmers and there's been some uh, report there's been some diminishing of it of western media uh uh so there is a he this person has advocated for years uh killing the boar which is a thing that they call white farmers b-o-e-r i think that's how you pronounce that i'm yeah. not quite sure uh i'm not sure they called the boring company is that why no oh i thought it was just because elon musk is boring ah the thing bores into the ground. But anyway, um, so th- there has been like 24 murders of white farmers since uh, a-, a lot of this has happened. And um, a lot of people are, a lot of white people, particularly conservatives in this country, are very up in arms about what's going on. Elon Musk actually tweeted out that a white genocide is happening in South Africa. You're saying that this uh, that this movement, they actually are calling it a white genocide. Oh, yeah. No, he says that in speeches routinely. That they want to to kill them all or to get them out of South Africa. But by the way, I'm going to point this out there. The first slave rebellion was in Haiti, correct? The first successful slave rebellion was in Haiti, right? Mm-hmm. The first decolonization of a black nation was in Haiti. But Haiti didn't start as a black nation. It started as an indigenous population nation. A lot of slaves there. Then the slaves rebelled against the French, uh, and then it became Haiti. Let me ask you a question. You ever hear of any white people in Haiti? No. Kind of similar thing happened in Jamaica. <laughs> you ever hear of there are white Jamaicans, but they usually start as white Americans. You know what I mean? There are Chinese Jamaicans. There are more Chinese Jamaicans than there are white Jamaicans. Like actual white Jamaicans. Yeah? I believe so. Go to the West Indian Day Parade. You meet some fucking Chinese Jamaicans. <laughs> uh or whatever. Asian y Jamaicans. I don't know if they're Chinese or what. Uh Apartheid ended when in the nineties? Yeah. Why what are you still doing there? Go somewhere. Because when apartheid I, I'm sure they still have 
either Dutch or British citizenship, right? Get the fuck out of Dodge, Hoss. Yeah, I mean, the guy who I was talking to said he actually left uh, England for South Africa. Oh. Because there was just like, there's good paying telecommunication jobs there. Well, they probably didn't have anybody. Well, I've also like kind of heard that like some infrastructure is going to shit because, you know, black people were very poor there for a very long time under colonialization and then even apartheid. So it's like, you know, it takes fucking a lot of generations to fucking change that sort of thing. It's been maybe one. So it's like, now they're kind of like, all right, get out of here, whitey. And then they can't actually fucking do the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to become, you know, well, not necessarily, but, you know, there are um, now sub-Saharan African countries that are doing pretty well. You know, Nigeria and Kenya are doing comparatively to 40 years ago. But, like, South Africa may end up regressing for a few years before they can move forward. So it depends on how this, like, winds up, no? Well, so a lot of people are saying that this guy uh, is honestly just, he's he's just rabble-rousing. He was of course a, he is. He was a puppet. Did you of, see that fucking thing? He was a puppet of a former coup government. And, uh, like, now it's just, he's just keeping those practices going. He's not actually building anything in South Africa. He's just inciting violence. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he just wants to be a warlord. I mean, yeah. like, it's like, whatever. I mean, a lot of these guys, like, it's just like, nothing against this guy in particular. I don't, Again, we don't even know this guy's name. I like that he did very clearly. Look it up, please, so we can say his staff name. members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just look it up so we can fucking find his name. Um, but it, just, I wanted to watch this, and I wanted to, like, just say that, like, I haven't been hearing about this, but, like, my official stance is kind of, what the fuck are you still doing in South Africa? First of all, I first heard about this with the, the they were seizing farmland from white farmers pre-COVID. So if you're still there now, what the fuck are you doing? If it's get if it's trickling to my dumbass five years ago, and you're there and you're going, if you own a farm, and then you see this guy's next to you's farm, and you go, I'm gonna stay here in a country that doesn't have fucking a second amendment. What are you doing, stupid? Sell your farm, get a plane ticket, and go drive Uber elsewhere like every other immigrant. How many fucking Indian guys you met that were like, I was a pharmacist in my country. I can't get a license here. Hmm. I knew a lady who was a bartender when I was a kid who was Russian who was a pharmacist. I've known multiple people who had, like, degrees who, like, can't you, they're not accredited here. Uh, yeah, so, uh, kill the boar. Yes. He kept saying that over and over again. And that same rally. During that, yeah. Which is the thing I'm talking about, was the rally cry about killing white farmers. And, uh, the other, uh, the other one, um, he said, shoot to kill. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, shoot to. What, what is this gentleman's name? Um, Julius Malama. Why'd you pronounce it like that? I don't know. You pronounced it kind of Frenchy. Julius Malama? Yeah. M-A-L-E-M-A. Malema? Malema? Terrible name. That is a terrible name. Yeah, dude. How are you going to be Julius and a leader and not call yourself Caesar? Come on, bro. Or Orange. All right. Orange Julius Caesar? Pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a wife and a baby at home, but... <laughs> Orange Julius Caesar. Yep. Moving on, Mike. Glad we got there. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have anything else? I just wanted to get the guy's name. <laughs> it took you 10 minutes. You told me all the fucked up things he did. Not his name. Oh. I felt like we should have his name in the segment, Mike. Do you need to go home? No. Good. We're doing another hour. Nice. Moving on. Somebody get me a fucking drink. <laughs> no one else is here. They all went home. Good. Let's talk about Mitch McConnell. Woo. Money making Mitch. He got booed. Oh, yeah. So now this is two weeks after having a stroke. Mm-hmm. By the way, this this came out. But also, uh, we talked about this in high society. We talked about him glitching out. But we talked about like just corruption in, in general in politics and the fact that he's not going to fucking go anywhere after he glitched out like this. No, no, no. no. So he's, he's given a speech. Just play the thing. I love the guy with the sunglasses behind him. I love that guy with this English. Chilling. He was just chanting retire. Alright. It's just this. Yeah, dude. By the way, I like that shirt. They keep it. throw this out there. I like that shirt that Mitch is wearing. <laughs> um, but so the people are saying that he needs to retire because of what happened with him where he glitched out. Diane Feinstein, uh, uh, this came out last week, also 91 years old, Democrat, uh, gave power of attorney and all of her legal decisions to her niece, um, keeping her job. <laughs> She's fifth richest member of Congress. Sick. Might be behind Mitch by one, but these people don't leave power. And a big part of that happens to be, and a lot of you, you can point to the money, but it's not just about the money. The actual thing is they actually believe that they need to hold their spots for their boys and their party, right? So I think to this day, it's different in national elections. But the number one indicator of who will win a congressional election is still incumbency, no matter what. It matters more than any debate, any campaign ad, anything. The only way you can lose your seat, not only way, but like the most likely way is if you have an issue within your own party and you get primary. You can still be primary. That happened a lot under the Trump years. You can still be primaried, and then your party can lose the seat. But in, to this day, incumbency is the number one. If you had to gamble on every election in the House and in the Senate, and you only took incumbents, despite the fact that the odds would not be in your favor, you would come out on top year over year. Like prop bets. If you can prop bet on every single election and you only bet on incumbents across the board in elections, you could not lose. 
you'd just be way ahead. You wouldn't be way ahead because your odds wouldn't be that good in most districts. Yeah. In any district. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like just the one that you lose could crack you. It could, but it depends, really. Like, it's like you're still talking about 450. Well, at any yeah. given time, at, how many people? At any given time, it's what, like 200? Well, it's 200. It's Reps. 100 senators. So any given year, what is it? It's like 100 congressmen and then like no, 25 senators. No, in any given year, I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay, yeah. The, the, any given election year. If you did it, but that's the thing is, if you did it over a six-year span, now, boom, you're in the money over six years. You, you know what I mean? You can't lose over six years when it's all. You're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe this is our gambling play. I like it. We got to find odds on for every state. I. They, it must exist. You think? It must. All right. Moving on. All right. I want to talk about one last thing and we'll get out of here. Is that okay with you? Yeah, of course. Okay. So uh, I've been meaning to talk about this a while. We talked a couple weeks back about the affirmative action case in the Supreme Court, right? Right. Now, that involved Asians going to Harvard and uh, I think University of North Carolina was the other one, which is a public university, which maybe you have an argument there. Harvard, by the way, I'm going to go out here and say this. should be able to admit whoever they want. It is a private institution. That is my uh, number one feeling. Second, I then looked into it. Harvard has the highest graduation rate of African-Americans in the entire Ivy League. Like the most of percent, the highest the percentage, highest of percentage of their The highest percentage of African-Americans who enter Harvard, graduate Harvard, than any other college. That was a uh, a survey done in 2017. It was the only information I could really find about it because I was curious about it. However, that does mean that affirmative action in Harvard is working. Do you get what I mean? Like, the point of affirmative action is you take somebody who wouldn't normally get into an institution and see because of their upbringing and their background. So, like, you say, like, their grades might not have been good in high school, but that could be because from the, they're from a poor background. And also, uh, you can get into disciplinary trouble in some of these schools, and then teachers can – there's reprisals and all sorts of things. And then there's biases that a lot of teachers have. Most teachers are white. Um, this thing happens. And so then now if you combine that with the fact that then you let these people in Harvard, they don't have the better grades, these Asian kids are getting mad. However, turns out they're graduating, which is the point of affirmative action is to give people from disadvantaged backgrounds. Now, if you then did a further survey that turned out that all of the black kids who were graduating from Harvard happen to be spoiled rich kids that live in mostly white communities, you would have an argument. (laughs) But until you do that research, I don't want to hear it. Because on base-level paper, affirmative action in Harvard is working. Now... I bring this up because there was uh, because of this story. There's always fear mongering that uh, comes after this sort of thing. Always. And so an article came out about um, I forget what district it is. I'll pull it up right now. Um, that white families are leaving school districts with an influx of Asians, and they believe it's so that their their kids don't have to compete with um, these. Asian students, which is not true in any way, shape, or form. What it actually is, is uh, uh, Asian people got money, 
and bought houses from white people who then moved. That's what happened. Like that checks out. Literally, they, like again, this is another thing. Is like there's always this fear thing where it's like clearly these white people are scared of competing with these Asian students because they're so good. Now that might be part of it. However, typically. You've never heard of the thing where a bunch of like white people go, oh shit, Asians moved in. <laughs> That's not a thing. Oh my God, some Asian people moved in. We gotta be really worried. We might have to take our shoes off when we go to their house. <laughs> oh man, their daughter might rub us wrong time. <laughs> oh no, that does not happen. It's not a thing. That's definitely a thing. Well, yes. That's, yeah, but that's a joke thing. It's not a real thing. <laughs> Nobody thinks the Asian guy is going to do karate on them in the neighborhood. Like, it's, it's not real. It's not, like, a real thing. What actually happens is people come in, like, you'd have to then do the math on, like, okay, like, did they build new housing? Better at that. No, has the housing, has the, has housing ballooned in these areas, right? So, like, Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, used to be very Italian. Now, Asian people started moving into Sunset Park on the 8th Avenue side, pushing, I guess, pushing out Hispanics, whatever. Uh, uh, they bought their houses, essentially is what happened. As Chinese people started immigrating to the United States, they started buying up these houses, right? Uh, uh, then they moved further into Brooklyn, into Bensonhurst, right? Italian people just took their money. They were offering more, so the house I lived in before I moved out of Bensonhurst, I offered to buy from the landlord. I was renting. I knew what the house was worth comparatively to what an, a white person would have paid for that house in that area. Asian people offered them $300,000 more than the house was worth cash. Cash. And then they, uh, you know, knock down, you know, you do the thing where you knock down three of the walls, you keep one wall, but then you can build a certain different type of facade. There's like some zoning law shit in there in New York. So that's what they did. But, like, that happened over and over again. And when I had to move out of Bensonhurst, because that had been happening the entire time I lived there, where, like, Asian people were just giving Italian people who were more than happy to move to Staten Island fucking more money than their house, than a white person would give them for their house, they were just going, yes, I will sell this to this Asian person. So now that neighborhood is mostly Asian. Still a lot of Russians and Asians. But it's like, it, there's not that many Italians in that neighborhood anymore because they all just moved to Jersey and fucking Staten Island, which they were more than happy to do with their more money than they thought they were going to get for these fucking houses. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that, that, and like, so I had to kind of move as a renter at the time because when I found that house, I went and rented from a little old Italian lady who was like, I found this, like, and she was just like, you seem like a nice boy. <laughs> and she rented me the apartment for less than market value. Oh, you got the nice now, boy price. Now, yeah, but now those old women are old Asian women. And they rent to nice young Asian boys. And you know something? I don't, I'm not mad. That's just how that works. You know what I mean? Like, that's like fine. I could never have found that lady again. Because that lady doesn't exist anymore. That's what community used to mean. Well, that's what community still means. It's just now an Asian community. Sure. Like, it's like... So it's like, that's, that's what's happening in these other communities. This whole thing is nonsense. Everybody's mad about everything, and it's stupid, and I'm done with it. Go to summerportshore.com. I'll be on the road with Robbie Bernstein, at Chris from BKLYN, 
on uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Mike is the M Harrington on both of those platforms. Is there anything else you'd like to plug, Michael? Yeah, go see a show at Seventh Street Comedy Club. Oh, you're booking a comedy club again? Yeah, making that money, baby. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a BYOB room, so half my usual fee. Only a hundred k cash a year. That's less than half. I mean, you were making two hundred fifty the other place. Oh, two hundred fifty. I forgot. Oh, sorry. So I'm making a cool one twenty five. Oh, but nice. You know, it's part time gig. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's only a couple days a week. It's also a good room. Good comics there. BYOB. Genuinely Seven. very proud of every show I put on there. Really? Yeah. Hmm. There's at least one issue with I had with the lineup on Saturday, but that's fine. What? What? Was the late it? show. It's just. What was your issue with the late show? No, it's just there was just something weird about the lineup. This is what was weird about it. It's a weird thing. I'd love to hear it. It was a weird thing on that lineup. I think if you thought about it, you'd think you'd remember what I'm talking about. I don't remember. Hmm? Couldn't tell you. Interesting. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar, I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you we must die. Oh, moon, oh, Don't go.